0: Wait a minute, Frank. I'm the doctor here. I thought I was the doctor here. Actually, we're all doctors here. Even the patient's a doctor here. Here, here. Tommy Gillis, you're a genuine lunatic. Come back and see us soon. Tell him where it hurts, Frank. Don't be brave.
1: Why don't you go boil some water or something? Let me point out, if you meatballs have ripped out those stitches I put in, I'm going to put them back with staples. You got that? Right. Uh, I was just wondering if any girl worth having cares whether you have a medal or not. Listen, how long have you two not known each other? Really? What time is it? Right now, fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more than that. It was uh, it was back in grammar school, it was fourth grade, fifth grade.
0: Remember?
2: Hey, MASH fans! It's time for another episode of MASH four zero seven seven podcast. I'm your host Kenny, and joining me today are my good mates, meds, gentlemen
3: al hey guys i'm the one on the (laughs) t-shirt
2: and a very special guest harry hi we're going to be discussing episode titled sometimes you hear the bullet it's from season one episode 17 it's directed by william wyard and it's written by carl klein schmidt the production code is j318 you know i'm noticing that they're keeping these in order this time yeah, the, the last few episodes have been all in sequential order. And the original air date is January 28th,
0: 1973. Now, go get help. But to see us, dressed like this, in my tent, with a candle, and I'm in the mood for love. But Margaret, I need help. When you get help, my darling, but not in my tent.
3: Now, we had some... Awesome, awesome guest stars on this episode. In fact, I would have to say one of the biggest guest stars they've ever had on MASH, Ron Howard as Private Walter Wendell Peterson. Ron Howard, uh, in his very first acting credit, was uh, in a bit part in Frontier Woman back in 1956. Later, he went on to find fame as Richie Cunningham in Happy Days, and of course, as a famous director who lost all of his hair.
2: <laughs> oh, who wrote this? I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because one balding man would not write that about another balding man. <laughs> Let me just tell you. <laughs>
4: James T. Callahan uh, turns up as Corporal Tommy Gillis. Now, he uh, popped up in Doogie House of MD and, of course, the A-Team.
2: He was... In another episode of Quincy, MD, of course, of I think course. they all they all went to Quincy at one point or another, and of course we have the ever lovable William Christopher as Father Francis Mulcahy, yay,
3: and we have Lynette Meddy as Lieutenant Nancy Griffin, another actress who appeared in Trapper John, MD, and of course our very favorite <laughs> Quincy
4: <laughs> uh, John Orchard again turns up as Captain Ugly John black
2: you know and i purposely made you read that so i rearranged all of our (laughs) names just so you would hit that one just so i could read the brick (laughs) guy just so so you can read it yes i like i know that you love reading his name so i make sure every time he's in an episode i i create everything just so meds can read that line
4: (laughs) thank you so much (laughs)
2: We have Fred Lanier. He is patient number one. Fred was an extremely talented stuntman. His credits include L.A. Confidential, The Rock, Spy Hard, Total Recall, Die Hard, Beetlejuice, Tron, The Towering Inferno, and Dirty Harry. He also sneaks in as an actor
3: in many roles, including, of course, Quincy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And we have Chuck Hicks, who who played the ever-popular patient number two. He popped up in a pilot episode of uh, The Next Generation of Star Trek, of course. Uh, Trapper John, M.D., and was a stuntman in over 101 credits.
2: Very cool. These are obviously the two guys that were fighting.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two stunt people.
2: What's the matter, Frank? It's
1: my... His back. It's his back. How did it happen? Well, I... Well, he fell on
0: his way to the shower. He was coming from that direction. From his tent, I guess. Going in that direction. The showers.
1: Uh, were you directing traffic at the time of the accident, officer?
0: Don't get snippy, Captain.
1: Frank, do you have a history with your back?
0: Oh, he goes out every few years. Last time was VJ Day in Times Square when this big
1: sailor hugged me. Let's get him to the post-op board and string him up. Maybe traction would help.
4: Okay, so plot summary for this episode. Uh, Hawkeye's old friend Tommy appears at the 4077th. He is a soldier working on a book about life on the front line called You Never Hear the Bullet. The book is intended to show how death in battle can be sudden and not surrounded by any prior drama, as is often uh, in the movies. Later in the episode, Tommy himself shows up as a casualty on the operating table, having been shot by the enemy on the front lines. And just before being anesthetized, he weakly tells Hawkeye that he in fact had heard a bullet ricochet just before being hit, just like in the movies. Hawkeye, closer to you, suggests that sometimes you hear the bullet is a better title anyway. Tommy dies moments later, and later on we see Hawkeye crying and Lieutenant Colonel Blake trying to console him. In the same episode, a young soldier is discovered to be underage and using his brother's ID. He has come to Korea in order to impress his girlfriend. Hawkeye first gives the soldier some sage advice about women, and then essentially lets him decide for himself whether he wants to go back to the States or stay in Korea. After losing Tommy, however, Hawkeye immediately reports... The soldier... Sorry... After losing Tommy, however, Hawkeye immediately reports the young soldier to the MPs, sending him back to America and, of course, to safety, with the purple heart Frank Burns put in for his back pain.
0: <laughs> I'll take it easy, kid. I'm a doctor. Oh, I, but I need Dr.
1: Pierce. He's the only one who can help me. I'm Pierce. What's the problem?
3: You're my problem. I think I love you.
0: Tom! You're a beautiful sight. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? I'm an American soldier. I'm one of the good guys.
1: Well, last I heard you, I thought you had a foolproof way to beat the draft.
0: Well, a recruiting sergeant peeked under my dress, and here I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and start discussing this episode. Do uh, you want to start us off, Meds? Yeah,
4: sure. Um, I think this is a very moving episode. Uh, it's... Again, uh, as we've mentioned before, a reminder that this program is all about war, and uh, sometimes you do lose the people closest to you. the um, The obvious close friendship that that Hawken has with uh, with his mate is with Tommy is very obvious, especially in the, in the tent at the beginning when they're all joking and everything like that. He was a wonderful child. He was a bit of a sissy. (laughs) But he was one of the great milk monitors I've ever
1: seen. (laughs) Milk monitor. Well, that was a very responsible position. It was a depression. And anybody with milk carried a lot of weight. (laughs) (laughs) Maxine.
4: (laughs) Um, And when he dies, it's it's quite, it's moving for, for one reason, not because of the fact that he's losing mate, but it's the fact that Blake orders Hawkeye to leave him and go and help McIntyre.
1: I've lost the pulse.
4: I'm going to open the chest, give me a knife.
1: He said, give me a knife.
0: Pierce, go help McIntyre.
4: And it's, this is one of the rare cases that you actually see that Blake is in charge and when he says mm-hmm. something he's it, it, sincere about it and means it and especially afterwards as well when Hawkeye's you know obviously upset about losing his friend and he, he tries to con, tries to console him um, it's definitely it, it's it's a brilliant episode it's so well acted by everybody in it the, the only bit I don't like and this is a real niggly point and it's it's not really that important is when Tommy's on the table and he doesn't. He just looks like he actually he's stoned, uh, or he's on some serious <laughs> LSD. He's like crazy, man. It's, it doesn't really look like he's, he's actually in pain. Uh, but that's just that's just a little niggle. No, it's a it's a beautiful episode. I, I really do like this one. It's uh it's one that if you aged Alan Alder slightly, you could imagine it being in the later episodes of Mash. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, really really like this one. Uh, really moving. Really like it.
2: Yeah, they're very cool. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite episodes of the first season as well, uh as well as Tuttle. Uh this is definitely up there. It's one I can watch over and over again. I just think there's a lot of meaning behind it. It's very well acted. It's um they make you like this guy, this Tommy, so uh, instantly. I mean, so when he does die that you feel it. Of course you're feeling Hawkeye's pain more than it because you've identified with Hawkeye more than Tommy, but the, you know, the fact that they can bring on a character for 15 minutes instantly like him so when he does die that it has a a profound effect on you on the actors you know on all the characters i just like that i think it's really well done and it's obviously well acted for them to be able to pull that off um i did make one note I, i mentioned this to harry when we were watching this yesterday is when tommy kisses uh uh blake and how you know there was no controversy at all during that time when this happened. It was a really quick peck. You know, nothing. But recently with Will and Grace, which was on NBC back in the 90s, there was a, a first... There was like what they considered a man-on-man kiss. Yeah. And there, it, it caused so much. It got news coverage, and there were blogs, you know, there were people complaining about it, and they were boycotting, and all this crazy stuff. And this was back in the 70s when there was no hoopla. Also, you know, times were different back then, I guess, but... It was just a weird, you know, that that you can do this on this in this episode with no kind of hoopla, and then you try to do it in the nineties and it gets it's controversial. Mm. You know? That's just something that MASH has always done, you know, they've always been controversial. Um but they don't take any flack for it. Maybe because it's the environment or the situation. I suppose the way they look at it,
4: I I guess, is the fact that the the keys is He's done in a joking kind of way, yeah. isn't it? I, yeah. No, I guess yeah. That's, that's the reason why I suppose.
2: Yeah, that is, that is true. That is true. And then another point, uh, I love that uh, Frank's an idiot and he puts <laughs> in for a purple heart for, for, you know, trying to bend who hand over as he's dancing or dipping her. Um, well, obviously, they don't know that. They just think he fell and hurt his back. But... The fact that he puts in a Purple Heart. And I, feel, I love the fact that he never gets his Purple Heart. Yeah. So something I, mean, I think he does it like three or four times throughout the entire series when he's on. And it never actually makes it to him. and Because he never deserves it. No. I would feel bad if he actually deserved it and someone stole it for some reason. But he never deserves his Purple Heart that he puts in for. So, and I didn't realize that you could put in for your own Purple Heart. I thought someone else had to. Yeah, that seems a bit weird, doesn't <laughs> it? You know,
5: now, usually it is, it is so that your commanding officer yeah. puts it puts it in for you, but you can very, very very well Do you basically demand your own purple heart But I think always that's the way of the coward.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's supposed to be an honor to be given it. So
5: yeah, it's supposed to be given to you, not to you say, "Hey, I got hurt. I want my
4: purple heart
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't, so it, I,
4: is, I, isn't it also weird as well that Margaret, who is normally so you know stiff, regimented army, you know protocol? That she's going along with this knowing for a while that it's a total lie.
2: Yeah, but you know, but they but those two always have a blind you know, a blind spot for each other when it comes to that. Hello, they're cheating on each other in the military that you're not supposed to be doing. He's cheating on his wife. There's so many things wrong with them, military wise, but they both look the other way when it when it involves those two. So I d I I didn't find it odd at all that she went along with it. Harry, well,
5: discuss it. what what I do like about the episode is it's the first time they have actually a patient dying, and later in later episodes they amp, amp it even up when they start to butcher the patients for spare spare parts. But this is actually the first time that that we can, that that we that we see a patient really dying on the operating table.
2: That's very true. It's that that's, that, that's
5: by itself is 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 not is not a positive thing, but that's just. Part of war and part where the, the series had to head to head in the end.
2: Yeah, definitely.
5: Because not everyone makes it out alive.
2: It's true, especially yeah. I mean, they have a good you know a high ranking of, of yeah, survivor they, rates, but
5: yeah, but but they still have have a a ten percent death rate. Yeah, so and in, that's, and right. that's the first time we actually see it happening.
3: Very very true. Uh,
2: how about you, Al? What did you think of this episode?
3: I enjoyed it. Um, I think it was what, probably the first. Uh, Almost all serious episode. I mean, of course, there's the comedy throughout it, but but the underlying tone of this episode was very, very serious, uh, very dramatic. Um, I loved how they chose. I mean, they could have gone the way of just having, you know, the whole Tommy um, storyline be the entire episode, but they chose to use that storyline and use it as kind of like a learning experience or a, a catalyst for the, the other plot with mm. Ron Howard. Uh, Ron Howard's this yeah. gung-ho little kid who, who wants to go fight the war, you know, for whatever reasons he... Stupid reasons. Stupid reasons that he has. And uh, at first, Hawkeye's all for it. You know, hey, whatever, you want to get the girl, that's cool, and we'll patch yeah. you up.
1: Wendell, as your doctor, I'd advise you to lay off hot-wiring Jeeps for a few days. You're not sending me home. For an appendix? If they sent you home for that, I'd take my own out. Every other day. Come on. Call
2: so me appendix. If
1: it hadn't been for that, I'd still be up there with my outfit. Maybe I'd even get me that medal and show that dumb Bernice. Bernice? that your sergeant? It's my girl. She was, anyway. Who was going steady, and then she dumps me. Because Augie Hofstetter comes back from boot camp. Well, it ain't my fault I'm too young to join up. You 16? almost would you use a phony birth certificate my brothers what about your folks I think I run off to join the circus send them a couple of postcards to elephants on it and they don't know the difference but you see if I was a, a hero with a medal and everything I just know Bernice would beg me to come back look Wendell Walter, Wendell's my brother's name right uh, I was just wondering if any girl worth having cares whether you have a medal or not. And it's none of my business. If you want to dress up like a soldier and play Marine, that's up to you. Just come inside and let yourself heal for a few days. And I won't turn you in.
3: Okay? But they used the whole story with, with uh, Hawkeye's good friend dying in front of him. They used that as as a launching pad for Hawkeye doing the thing that hawkeye should have done in the beginning and that's uh-huh. you know what kid you're going back home and i love the the interchange between the two of them uh, towards the end when um ron howard's character finds out you know that hawkeye ratted him out he goes I'm, i hate you i hate you for the rest of my life and hawkeye said something like well i hope it's a very long hate then
1: major O'Lehan, this is private wendell peters in the united states marines Except Wendell's name is really Walter, and he's only 15 years old, and he's going back home where he belongs. Put a guard on him and give him to the MPs as soon as he's well enough to travel. You double-crosser.
2: I'm never going to forgive you for this, not for the rest of my life.
1: Let's hope it's a long and healthy hate.
2: Yes, yeah, I like that. Even though they do at the tag, they show hawkeye giving the purple heart to him and he's like oh my best friend thanks and he drives (laughs) off in the jeep i'm like well you're supposed to hate him
3: yeah exactly yeah
2: you know well that hatred didn't last too long once you get a purple heart
5: yeah that that (laughs) was the tag on i pointed it out out yesterday in the syndicated version they always cut the entire tag on and so frank getting the purple earring they never explain what happened to the purple heart And, uh, and it always bothers me
2: yeah, but I do. I do think it, it it's more profound if it ends with like Al said that line of yeah. I hope it's a long hated life, you know, and it ends that way instead of going off to this other little tag at the end. Um, it's just more. It's more profound. It ends. It ends somber, not funny like mm-hmm. this one ends. And know? it
3: should. This episode should should end somber. It, it shouldn't end. You know, with everybody. Hey, let's go out for beers. We're all friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. All
2: right, is there anything else for this episode, guys?
3: Uh no, I I just
2: enjoyed it. Yeah, very, very. Like I said, it's one of my favorites, so that's very cool.
0: Radar, yes. give me the. Thank you.
2: Welcome. Uh, I
0: wonder if we could discuss this, Frank. It seems you've um, applied for the Purple Heart. Yes, Colonel. You see, the way we understand it, Major. Unless Frank's tongue's broken, I'd like to hear it from him. <laughs> Frank. Well, yes, Colonel. I've. Uh- Put in for the Purple Heart. But according to your accident report, you tripped in the mud on the way to the shower. Yes. Is that the way you want it announced at the awards ceremony? Tripped in the mud on the way to the shower? Well, well, I. I- Sir, this injury was sustained at a frontline unit. Technically, that makes it battle connected.
1: On that basis, we'll be handing out medals for social diseases. What are you doing here, Pierce? Uh, I have a stethoscope fetish. This is the only place I can wear one without attracting attention. Henry, you're not going to endorse this idiot's application, are you? That's major to you, Captain. Henry, you're not going to endorse this major idiot's application, are you? Pierce, that's a decision. I'll decide when
0: I decide and make my uh, decision, and that will uh, decide it.
2: All right, time for some BTS. We have a few little behind-the-scenes info here. First up, we have Ryder, Carl was nominated for a Writers Guild Award for this episode. Oh, that's great. I didn't even know that. That's very cool. I think it deserved it. It was a well-written episode.
3: Yeah, and this is something that Harry actually uh, mentioned earlier, but this was the very first episode in which the medical staff failed to save a wounded soldier.
4: That's right. Very poignant. It's also one of the first episodes of the series that showed a member of the hospital staff truly affected by death.
2: That was such a great performance by Alan yeah. Alda.
4: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: Pierce, is there anything I can do to help? It's the first time I've cried since I came to this crummy place. I don't understand that. Well, Gillis was your friend. I mean it's
1: only natural that you'd uh, you know. Henry, I know why I'm crying now. Tommy was my friend and I watched him die and I'm crying. Guys die almost every day. Why didn't they ever cry for them? Because you're a doctor.
5: What the hell does that mean? I don't know. I mean, Henry Brake brings, brings up an important point. That's what they told him at command school. Young, young guys die die at war, and and all but doctors the doctors can't save them all.
2: Yes, yeah. That's
5: an important that's an important point. That, that is now as true as it was then look all i know is what they taught me at command school there are
0: certain rules about a war and rule number one is young men die and rule number two is doctors can't change rule number one
2: so that's it for our behind the scenes nice and uh, short and sweet
0: <laughs> look if i was a correspondent i'd be reporting the war in the infantry i'm living in
1: so what's the difference here here's the difference you never hear the bullet. What is that? is that a
0: book? Yeah, it's about the war. And it's being written by a soldier, not a correspondent. Yeah, how can I explain it to you? Okay, there's always that big blonde kid, it's always in all
1: those war movies, right? One that should never die and always does. Yeah, and they bring him back to life in the next movie. <laughs> it's a great way to run a war. Right. Well, you always hear this big loud
0: ricochet just before he gets killed, huh? Yeah. Well, that's not the way it really happens. There was a young blonde kid in our outfit. One day I looked over and half of them was gone. You know what he said? He said, uh, "I never heard no bullet." That's why that book
5: is called what it's called.
2: All right, let's move on to trivia. Oh, hey. oh yeah, yeah,
5: so excited. Let's see Woo-hoo!
2: who should we who should we pick for this time? Harry. No, I meant character wise. We're going to do characters again. Klinger. Klinger. Okay, let's do Klinger. Klingons? What do Klingons have to do with Klingons? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Klinger. Well, we're going to start with Harry. Oh, boy. What was Klinger's first name and middle initial? Maxwell Q. Maxwell Q. Very good. Yeah, and we never actually got what the Q stood for.
5: No. We, we never no. Fi- find out what speech stands for either.
2: Well, he says it stands for BJ. No, BJ's you. you DJ. Yeah, BJ.
3: You, you guys really don't know what the Q stood for, Max Klinger's name? No, do no. you know? Yeah, Quincy. <laughs> it all links together.
2: It all makes sense <laughs> now, yes. All right, here's one for Al. Where was Klinger from? Toledo, Ohio. Very, very good. This is one for you, uh, meds. Okay. Uh, what was Klinger's ethnic background? Oh, oh! (laughs) Uh, Was he part
4: Turkish, part.
3: I know, I know.
2: I know, I know. Uh, No, go on then. Someone else else say it. Okay, Al, what is it? He's Lebanese. He's Lebanese. Of course, of course. It's the sausage thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. All right, here's, uh, Harry's going to ask me one now.
5: Okay. Who was Gus Nagy?
2: Who was Gus Nagy? Yep. Um, I have no idea. I'd say his uncle. Nah, that's not right. What's the answer?
5: <laughs> the, the answer should be his best friend. Oh. But okay. you can look it up if I'm right.
2: Oh, well, I'm sure you're right. I don't ever doubt you here. <laughs> <laughs> he was Klinger's best friend until he married Klinger's ex-wife. Yeah, Laverne. exactly. Oh,
5: wow, yeah. so cool. That'll... That'll... that'll Make a to your friend. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't think I'd be friends after that.
5: Uh, probably not.
2: All right, let's find one for our listening audience. So here is the question: What was Klinger's favorite baseball team? so once again it's what was clinger's favorite baseball team and you can send your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com all the correct answers will go into a drawing and we uh, will potentially win a nice mash t-shirt a mash 407 podcast t-shirt how do you feel all ready to go out and kill me some more gooks sir
1: wendell another word for gooks is people
2: i mean the north koreans
1: the chinese sir the enemy I'm a Marine. We're the best. I'm a coward. We're the worst. How long before I can get back to my outfit, sir? Yeah, maybe a few more weeks. Depends on how much post-operative pain you have. I don't care about no pain. I just want to get back to the fight. How old are you, Wendell? 20. Really, I'm 18. For somebody who's both 20 and 18, you look awfully 16 to me. See you later.
2: All right, you can find MASH 4077 Podcasts all over the interwebs, especially on Facebook. Where can they find us on Facebook, Harry?
5: You can find us on Facebook under www.facebook.com slash MASH 4077 Podcast.
2: And like us. Yes, please.
5: Like us, Like, like
2: us. You can also find us on Twitter at MASH 4077 podcast and
4: we have a website and you can find us at www.match4077podcast.com there's a theme going on here
3: you can tell (laughs) and it's meds right that's the theme Uh. yeah and periodically we write some pretty interesting stuff well at least i do and that can be found at our blogspot on www.mash4077podcast.blogspot.com
2: now, are you saying the stuff that we write is not interesting or
3: are you just no. saying that we don't write? Of course not. I would never <laughs> say that.
2: <laughs> I did a whole section on MASH action figures. That that was very, very yeah, cool. Yeah, that was cool. I, I've been looking
4: for that uh, that action figure that you're missing. I'm, I'm hoping I can find oh, cleaner, it
2: one and, clean, and Yeah, Clinger and a an Dress. Yeah, yeah. That would be awesome, yeah. Uh, we also have a new Zazzle store. You can go to Zazzle.com slash MASH4077podcast. You can pick up T-shirts and mugs and buttons and stickers and a whole bunch of stuff with our uh, wonderful faces on it.
3: And nice. our soon-to-be MASH4077podcast action figures.
2: <laughs> that would be pretty cool, but yeah, that's not happening. Don't spread those rumors. Uh, we also love getting listener feedback. You can send your comments about episodes that we're discussing now, future episodes, or if you have any questions or anything at all. We love hearing from you guys. You can send those to mash 4077 podcast at gmail.com.
4: And, of course, we always like to have the odd review at iTunes. So please do log on there, sign in, and send us a review. Five stars would be nice. Four is pretty good.
2: Anything under that, please don't bother. All right, well, on that note, I think it's time for us to say goodbye. This is Kenny. I'm Simon.
5: I'm Al. And I'm Harry.
2: We'll be seeing you.
0: And because said injuries were sustained in a mass unit in a zone of armed combat, the Secretary of the Army hereby declares that Franklin D. Burns, Major, U.S. Army Reserve, sure. shall be awarded the Order of the Purple Heart. May I have the medal, please? Frank, here is your
2: purple earring.
0: Earring? What
2: the... Hi, my name's Kenny, and I'm a fanboy. Do you like Star Trek? Star Wars? Do you consider yourself a browncoat? Are you into cosplaying? LARPing? A furry? Can you speak Klingon? Do you know all the doctors and their companions? Can you not get enough of steampunk? Do you just love Disney? If you do, then this podcast might be for you. Confessions of a Fanboy. Each episode, I have a one-on-one conversation with a fanboy or fangirl. We'll talk about your fandom, why you call yourself a fan, and how you integrate it into your daily life. So come on over to confessionsofafanboypodcast.com and listen to fellow geeks talk about their love for their fandom.
3: Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because?
0: Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce.
3: And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, well, you know what I mean. And we're the hosts of the Disneyland podcast, Tales from the Mouse House.
0: And the Amazing Race podcast, Fast
3: Forward. And I'm one of the co-hosts of the MASH 4077 podcast, And you'd think with all of these podcasts, we'd run out of things to share. But then you'd be wrong. In our new show, Just Because, we're going to share all the things that, well, just don't fit into any of our other podcasts.
0: Yep. Like videos of our puppy Kate as she plays with the water bottle. Mm -hmm. Maybe some episodes chatting about one of our favorite TV shows.
3: Like Lost?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Or maybe an audio play Al has written.
3: We'll even have episodes contributed by others who have something to share but just don't want to start their own podcast. You never know what you'll find on this show. Why?
0: Just because. Visit us at because.podbean.com and...
3: In iTunes. Ron Howard here is, uh, what? Oh, that's me. <laughs>
2: sure. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, Harry. Oh, crap. I don't have your mic turned up. <laughs> no. Anyone else have anything else on this episode? Anyone else have anything else? Let me rephrase that. <laughs> The MASH 4077 podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non commercial, no derivative work 3.0 United States license, all rights reserved.